0: All right, welcome to this episode of the Beyond Nourished podcast. I am here with another guest. I'm really enjoying this guest thing. My name is Rochelle Girardin. I am a holistic chef, a certified nutritional practitioner, and the owner of Beyond Nourished. I am in the great company today with Kate's Custom Kitchen. We are going to be throwing down some really quick rapid-fire ways of things that Kate has learned being a holistic chef. So many of you listeners are um, here as, as amateur cook, home cooks, and Kate herself used to be somewhere along those lines. Kate, would you say that you had, uh, what would you call yourself before you started? Home cook, amateur cook? Home, cook? home cook. Got into the kitchen, definitely knew what she was doing to some degree. Yeah. Um, but now she's learned how to cook for money and she's learned how to become a lot more efficient because time is money when it comes to um, being in the kitchen for, for clients. So I have asked Kate to share with all of you and me today, what are the top five things that she has learned in that transition from home cook to professional? Can I call you a professional? I think yeah,
1: you're a professional. I am a pro.
0: I don't know anyone who can actually cook as much food as you do in a day and like still be able to function at the end of the day so Kate fire away let's hear it
1: okay so um the boundaries are definitely necessary and that took a while to kind of establish you go through like a series of mini burnouts kind of getting to the, or down the road of boundaries. Um, but set some business hours, set your email hours. Even if you can't set business hours, set email hours. You don't have to be on your email all day, every day. In fact, to be honest, now I don't even really get many emails. People don't really have any interest in emailing me unless it's, it's about stuff. Yeah. Um, so set set your hours and um, set some time for yourself. I think, If you're cooking at the level of output that I'm cooking at, it is extremely physically demanding. I was actually just having this conversation in the aisles of Whole Foods yesterday with another private chef. And we were both saying how many pounds of groceries we carry a week. And just so everyone knows, I live in Vancouver. I run a very successful business and I don't drive. So everything I do in terms of grocery shopping, errands, well, not delivery anymore because I've outsourced, but everything was done without me behind the wheel of a car. So I get all of my exercise just from working, but you need time to reboot mentally, physically and kind of check out. You don't want to be on all the time. Um, So that's my first tip. And I and I stick to that. And I nag everyone I know about doing that. Um, When you let the business bleed into your personal time, even if it's not just time for yourself, I think you understand this also. But when the business bleeds into time with your people, that's when stuff gets really murky.
0: And for Um, you out there, sorry, Kate, to cut you off, um, for those of you out there who aren't necessarily looking to turn your home cooking into a business, something that I'm really getting from Kate right now is to remember that if you are meal prepping or doing any of the things that we suggest at Cook With Beyond Nourish, which is getting into the kitchen less frequently, doing more of the prep style of cooking, that you need a little bit of stamina This is uh, required. And also know the other side of that is to make sure that you rest when you want to do this type of work. So kind of a get in, get out type of scenario, rather than having to let it linger every single day, you're kind of doing the heavy loading at the beginning of the week or, you know, at a specific time in the week. Um, but that rest on the other side is very important.
1: Yeah. One of the biggest things I was going to say actually, is that, um, Yeah, pack your heavier days in on Sundays and Mondays, like on Tuesdays. I used to do three doubles in a row, so I would cook for six families Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. And now on Tuesdays, I just have one family. And it means I have the whole afternoon to sit and do my actual business work instead of doing three doubles and then cooking on Wednesday mornings and then having to sit down and use my brain. (laughs) Um, So schedule heavy at the beginning and then work your administration time in, in the middle, if you can, because the burnout of the brain by the end of the week Mm -hmm is brutal. I have to send eight menus a week. And after I've just cooked eight menus, I can't even think about any other
0: menus. That's actually really great advice for those people that are transitioning is break it up. Yeah. break it up.
1: Yeah. That's a big one for me for sure. And I just started doing that um, in the last, I went from three doubles to two, I think Je- December I was done. So I've only been doing it this way for about six weeks and it has changed the course of my um, mental health, to be right. honest. Yeah, it's much nicer. Um, the, the next thing, the, the, actually, this might be even more important than boundaries, but, and this is for even if you are just meal prepping for yourself as a home cook for your week, write everything down. I don't know if everyone is a pen to paper person, but I can't stare at computer recipes all day to begin with. But write it down, pen to paper. I feel like I miss way less stuff when I'm looking at a notebook during the day. But I also um, I write down everything in terms of calendar. I have four different calendars, and they're all for four different things. Nothing gets missed that way. The phone calendar is very strange. <laughs> When I look at my phone calendar, there's literally a dot on every single day, which looks very overwhelming to me. But those dots could just represent like pay your insurance, which is not a plan. It's just a reminder. But when you look at the calendar, it looks like your entire life is just taken over by these dots. Mm -hmm. So get paper calendars and whiteboards. You can't see it, but (laughs) I know whiteboards.
0: Yes, can't I can't see
1: mine. It's not even big enough anymore. And it's huge. But um, one of the best feelings in the world for me is I write down everyone's menu on the whiteboard for the whole week. So on Friday morning, I write down the following weeks. And then at the end of every cook, I erase it. And I'm just one step closer okay. to done the week.
0: Um, about paper to pen to is. A lot of creativity exists in this form of writing uh, that doesn't happen necessarily when you're typing on a keyboard. I was in the building of the Holistic Chef certification course. I was so blocked. I had these beautiful spreadsheets that were like module one, module two. These are the things that I was going to put in them. And I would sit at the computer. I'd given myself way, like perfect amount of time to, to put my thoughts into action you know in in put it you know from ether into reality and it just wasn't coming out and then yeah. at 10 p.m. one night i started doodling and all of a sudden it was like just streaming out of me messily on the paper with a pen in my hand and that's how i created the course it it didn't exist through um you know posting things on in a spreadsheet it it came from from that experience so thank you yeah. Let's um let's hear a third one
1: okay the third one oh okay this is an in the kitchen tip this is you reference this a lot in your podcast and probably in the course about recipe stacking recipe stacking is very important i completely agree with that i think what people really need to understand about recipe stacking is that it really means You should never be doing nothing. So even if you have four elements going and the oven is on and there's something in there, you could be chopping, you could be washing dishes, you could be plating something, you could be like, there is literally always something you can be doing. And as soon as you figure that out, your cook time goes from nine hours to six hours and your hourly goes through the roof. Yeah. And if you look at what you're making in a day, because we charge by like a day rate or a half service rate, we don't, I don't charge hourly. Um, But my hourly went up by 30% as soon as I started figuring out that if I did more things throughout my cook time that Mm -hmm. weren't necessarily related to cooking, it would shave off an hour to two hours at the end of my day where I'm not getting paid. Yes. Yes. Clients aren't paying me to mop my floors Hundred percent so, yeah. Oh, never normal. never be doing nothing.
0: Never be doing nothing. And That's I can't incredible. believe how many we, we have tons of co-op students that come to us from the nutrition programs. And I have to say that no one that comes into our kitchen is prepared for the amount of things that we're doing at once. And it's such a beautiful brain to have as a server coming into this line of work, because you're used to thinking three steps ahead, five steps ahead, 10 steps ahead, anticipating what I need to be doing next to make sure that I'm not wasting any time. So yeah, it's definitely uh, not for the, the people who are used to doing, you know, solo tasks at once and and needing to complete that. Okay. Let's hear number, number, what are we at? Number four?
1: Yeah, it's number four. And this one is very um, personal. So um, you're actually catching me on the day after this legitimately came up for me and it doesn't come up for me often. I can't remember the last time it did. Um, But you have to remember. So I cook 26 meals, dinners a week. And typically speaking, my clients are very adventurous, which is great. It means I can cook a bunch of different things. I test new recipes. I probably test 10 to 15 new recipes every week. So, and I'm testing them on them, essentially. In real time. A lot of, yeah, they are my guinea pigs. I'm not, I don't have time to recipe test for clients outside of clients. So mm-hmm. you have to remember that some dishes will suck for some people. <laughs> so last night I got an email and the client was disappointed in two out of four of their dinners this week which felt like someone had punched me in the stomach oh. really bad I'm really bad right tears oh yeah because the word disappointed is like a complete trigger word yeah. it's not even just like we were unsatisfied yeah we were devastated and they're paying good money to get high quality food and high quality service. So it's completely understandable, but you have to remember that. I mean, I made both of those dishes for two other families in the week previous and got text messages with glowing reviews about both of those dishes. So if you have a flop, it most likely isn't something that you did. It's more likely to be something that was a palate situation Mm -hmm. texture whatever right spice it could be anything it could literally be anything unless you've totally dropped the ball and I'm sure you would know that if you did um and hopefully you wouldn't serve it if you did you know try and rectify it but if it's something that you were confident in and like you know I we give 100 of our heart and soul into this I don't put anything on the plate that I'm not 100 confident in um So that does sting, but you have to just put that aside and remember that it's not always going to be a win. Mm -hmm. And when it's not a win, just take it in and don't serve it again
0: (laughs) to those people. You're building a bit of resiliency, you know, knowing that 100% of the time it's, especially when it comes to food, it's impossible to please everyone at all times Mm -hmm. um, or 10 People right now, all the same meal for lunch. And you know, every now and then somebody's like, Oh, I don't know if I loved yesterday when somebody looks over and says, What? That was my favorite meal. So that transition of going again from cooking for yourself or your family and now having people that are they have an expectation. Um, to just stay grounded in knowing that you got to taste everything before you serve it so that you know, know 100% that it wasn't necessarily something that you did. Um, And just, that you know, palate pleasers are, are going to come and you, you have to be prepared for that.
1: It happens. It doesn't happen often, but when it happens, you're very much like, Oh, I did. I woke up this morning. I had real imposter syndrome. I was like, what am I doing here? And then I crushed my service. Please so
0: you follow some of the things that we ever suggested in, in those topics because we knew that they were coming
1: yeah. a half
0: in and now they're finally coming.
1: Yeah. Yep. <laughs> okay. What's, what's my up? next one? Oh yeah. You I like this one. one. Share it. Okay. Don't say no. Mm. Come from a place of yes. I think I mentioned this in an earlier statement, but. I have tried really hard to say yes to everything. So when I started out, I had more contracts with more companies than anyone I knew. I was working for three other companies at a time, essentially. And everybody's models were different. Everybody's rates were different. Um, Some delivered, some were in-home. Some did dietary, some didn't. Like it was totally across the board. I said yes to every single one of them. That helped a lot. I encourage all students actually that um, are considering the course or who have taken the course to also do that. Contract for everyone you can. (laughs) The amount of things that I learned um, about what I wanted to do in my business and what I don't want to do in my business were um, like, it's immeasurable what you can learn just by working um, contract jobs. Yep. Yeah. And then when I was offered my teaching position, I had never taught a cooking class ever. And I just said, heck yes. And it was the best decision I ever made. I really hope to be doing that full-time at some point. Amazing. Yeah. So just say yes to everything because at the end of the day, yes, if, if you get into something and you hate it, just don't do it anymore. Respectfully, Bow out, thank the person for their time. And it's the same thing with clients also. Actually, this might be another lesson, but don't work with people you don't like.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Stop working with people you don't like. You don't own your business to continue working with people you don't like.
0: Yeah. And working with, from a client perspective, from a contractor perspective, employment or employer perspective, you know, in any way, shape or form, maybe they're the people you outsource to like your delivery service or whomever great
1: advice.
0: You're mm-hmm. the boss. You're the boss.
1: Honestly, stop, stop working with people you don't like. Especially clients especially, I think is the number one thing because those relationships are what carry your business. Mm-hmm. And if you have a negative reaction to any interaction with them, you will, you, I don't, I don't even think you could become successful on that. I don't, I don't think you could because it would, you would just be in a bad mood all the time. Yeah. I have been very lucky I will also say this. And if any of my clients are listening, I have the best. clients. Um, I have the best roster. Amazing. I could not ask for better families. They are so incredible. Yeah. Um, I'm very, very grateful for all of them every day. I feel very grateful for all of them. So yeah, that's a big one. I worked for a couple of people that I was just kind of like, I don't like talking to you every day.
0: Yeah. And I was in a bad
1: mood. It shows up in your food. Shows up in your work.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: No, it's not That's worth it. it. It's not worth it.
0: Okay, yeah. thank you, Kate. Um, for those of you that want to know a little bit more about Kate, what is the best way to get in touch with you, Kate, to find out what you're doing? How, if somebody's listening, can get your service? She's full for the record, guys. Yeah. But in <laughs> the event that she is uh, gathering a wait list and/or is thinking about outsourcing, how do we get a hold of you, Kate?
1: We do actually have a wait list um, and now is a good time to join because come spring summer, a lot of people like to take time off to travel. So that's a great time to come in and kind of test out our service on a short-term basis. Mm -hmm. And then hopefully you become a long-term basis, but you can find us on Instagram at Kate's custom kitchen and our website is katescustomkitchen.com. Also, this is the first time I think I have ever Heard anyone say my business's name out loud?
0: Really? Oh my goodness! Because COVID. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. So I get it in
1: emails, and I get it in like a referral kind of thing. But I, I mean, I rarely say my business name out loud. If not,
0: like, whisper it in your ear after the episode is over, just so that can you just you
1: send can... me a voice note. Just send <laughs> me a voice note.
0: Preferably <laughs> on this mic, the husky mic, where it's just... yeah, the husky mic. <laughs> On on the days that you're having a little low day, I should just be a cheerleader. Oh,
1: can I give one more tip?
0: Yes, share. It's actually
1: your tip. It's your tip. And I referred to it just this morning. Um, One of Rochelle's greatest tips is to create a folder in your phone Mm. that's titled something super positive. Mine says, you rock, remember it. (laughs) And it is filled with every positive piece of feedback i've gotten from clients over the last year and a half yeah. so this morning after i meditated on my situation last night i just read all the comments yeah. in my phone and remembered i do know how to make salads
0: yeah you're so easy it's so easy to get a thousand great reviews and one bad one and literally only think about the bad one yeah
1: but do the folder. The folder really, really, really helps.
0: I love that you took part in that. That that was a, I think, original Dana suggestion. So, gosh,
1: Dana, so smart.
0: Thank you, Kate, um, for coming on again of this podcast. You know, we're really teaching people and being transparent of how people can go from cooking at home to turning it into a successful business. And also things that, you know, people that are just looking to improve their efficiency can can start to focus on in terms of bringing that into their day-to-day kitchen experience. So thank you for sharing everything with us. You will see Kate again on this podcast um, in episodes to come so stay tuned for that thank you guys for tuning in and as always if you want to continue this conversation with us you can get a hold of us on cook with beyond nourished on instagram talk to you guys soon and see you in the next episode